Dr. Vella? Yes. Today? Yes. Here on the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Yes. And I'd like to welcome everybody here. <laughs> we are going to talk about transgender rhinoplasty. Yes, we are. This is a difficult topic. This is difficult. This is like the tuberous breasts of rhinoplasty. <laughs> it is. That's a good, good analogy. Uh, this is something that I think I've, I feel like we have to do a separate... I know we did a facial feminization mm-hmm. podcast, but I think that we have to take rhinoplasty and really look at it, especially in the facial feminization population, as a very separate procedure. It's very separate because the goals are very different for this population um, because it's not um, a man coming in asking for his nose to look stronger or more lifted or straighter. This is someone coming in asking for their nose to actually look more feminine. Right. And in the uh, transgender sort of milieu of operations, typically in a male-to-female transformation, the, the rhinoplasty is lumped in with the facial feminization procedures, which I think causes a fair amount of problems. Right. It's considered part of the bony structure of the face. And the bony structure is usually addressed all at once in one procedure. So at the same time as the patient is getting a forehead reduction and a jaw reduction and a chin reduction and all of the above the bony work, then at the end of the case, they say, oh, and then we're going to do the rhinoplasty. Right. Which by that point, you're You're tapped out. (laughs) You've been there for six, seven hours. And I, I just think that... You know, unless you have, like the way we do it, where there are two of us and we're, you know, sort of going gangbusters and we each have our own little part of the play to do, you know, and then the rhinoplasty comes and I can like, you know, get down on that rhinoplasty. It, it really makes it hard. And I, and I just think that you, and the reason that I wanted to talk about this is because I've seen now a fair amount of not great facial feminization rhinoplasties. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. I've heard that there's a decent amount of revisions out there, probably more so than many of the other aspects of facial feminization. And I think it's because, and I could be wrong here, but rhinoplasty on its own is a very specialized procedure. And the surgeons that do it and that do it well tend to do a lot of rhinoplasties. And that's sort of their thing and it's their niche and it's what they do. But a lot of times the same surgeons that do facial feminization procedures aren't necessarily rhinoplasty surgeons. They're oral surgeons or ENT surgeons or people who do face work, but maybe they don't specialize or haven't specialized in the past in rhinoplasty. So I think that's where the rhinoplasty sort of gets lost. Exactly. Rhinoplasty is a very specialized procedure in and of itself on anybody, let alone in the transgender population. And I think that you want to, I really think it should be kind of separate and distinct from the rest of it, either having the guy that does that as part of the facial feminization procedure as we do it, or doing it on its own. Maybe getting all the other sort of uh, aspects of the facial feminization performed maybe once doing maybe a you know a brow bony brow reduction 
doing, you know, whatever, putting in some cheek implants or reducing cheeks or reducing the jaw, whatever else you want to do, fat grafting, uh, you know, doing a, 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 a tracheal shave, all these things can certainly be done in one shot, but I don't think you then go, oh yeah, and let's just like take care of the nose. No. It's just not that easy. No, no, you really sort of got to nail that one. So when you are talking to a transgender patient and they come in and they're requesting a more feminine nose, how do you approach that? What does that mean to you? Sorry, my ring is going off. <laughs> That's all right. Um, well, there's a couple of things. You know, we'll get into revisions in a second, but I, I think, you know, here, here's what it's all about. And it's not the hokey pokey. The, um, you have to understand that the balance of the facial structures and how you're going to create harmony in a face that is really working towards being distinctly feminine is an artistic endeavor. Yes, it is complex surgery. Yes, it is coronal incisions on the head and and it's it's intraoral approaches to the jaw and it it is all those things too but at the end of the day this is an artistic endeavor where you must create harmony otherwise it, it's not going to look very natural and normal and that and that that's the whole point the point is to make make people look awesome that's that's what we do right right so what is is it about the nose that sort of completes the picture? Like what makes that bring the whole thing together and creating a more feminized face? First and foremost, size. Mm. A smaller nose is more feminine almost always. You know, like getting a you know, it's very rare that I have some 17-year-old you know, female patient come into the office with a bump on her nose and a droopy tip and say, you know what I'd really like? So I want you to make this thing bigger because <laughs> I think that's going to really add to my looks. It's not. They want it smaller because they know that, that the big nose is detracting from their their looks. Yeah. It's, it's not helping them. And so to to make a, a nose more feminine, it's it's softer. It's narrower. It's it's a lower bridge. It might be a lower radix. It might be a narrower tip with more definition. Maybe it's it's a natural contour to the nostril. Um, you know, depending on the patient's uh, ethnicity, there's a lot of different aspects that make a nose more feminine. You know, Asian patients have a different you know set of criteria to make a a more feminine nose but like we all know it when we see it yeah and we know when it's not right and that's where this this podcast comes out of my sort of uh fast growing cue of revision rhinoplasty patients who are transgender and so what are the problems that you're seeing in those patients the revisions (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> where do i begin <laughs> first off i don't know what's going on with the tips of these noses but mm. they are certainly not being narrowed and cute hmm. um they are fat poorly supported mm. uh they aren't they, they they are just 
bulky and blah. Hmm. And I think that's because the framework is being made so small that the skin envelope is not shrink wrapping appropriately because there's, there's probably this concept like I'm going to take out a lot of tissue make and it make smaller. this look smaller instead of saying I'm going to support this tissue in a shape that's more feminine and, and attractive. And I think that that's really one of the big misses. And so you end up actually going in and putting support in and building it up a little bit to give it more of a definition. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I did that this week. I, I had a patient that, or I guess it was last week, but um, the nose was blobby and <laughs> poorly supported and that's not a, cute. That's a medical term, by the way. Blobby? Blobby. Mm-hmm. Blobby. <laughs> it was blobby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. It just was like, bleh. It was like, it's like somebody smushed it. It just like, it just didn't look cute. And by organizing and putting in structure, I actually made the nose longer. Mm. But I but in making it longer, I brought the radix down. So I I displaced the positioning of the nose on the face so that the radix was lower and then there was a little scoop to it <laughs> and it was cute and a little bit of tiny little super tip break and like all the things that make a nose pretty. Pretty. Yeah. Exactly. And I made the nostrils smaller, like all the things that you go like, oh my God, that's so cute. And that's what, that's really what I think patients are looking for. They want a nose that, that is feminine and pretty and right. not, you know, bulky and blobby. Blobby. No one wants a blobby nose. No. And- I've, I've, never, I've never been asked for that. <laughs> Ever. Dr. Calvert, may I have a, a blobby nose, please? Nope. nope. I don't do blobby <laughs> noses. There's uh, Down the street, you'll find uh, Dr. So-and-so. He'll be happy to do a blobby nose. Well, the thing is, that's the thing about the nose. It's, I mean, it's literally right in the middle of your face, and it's the f- one of the first things everyone notices. So it plays a major role in the facial feminization milieu of, of procedures because yes. it can really make or break that transition in terms of how the face appears. So having that nice, pretty, feminine nose is really important. Well, and I'd, I'd argue that if the nose is right, you actually don't notice it. You true. Know, it's that like is it, true. You don't yeah. even like... what, And so that's the point is to make the nose so that it... it it doesn't detract from the eyes and it doesn't take away from the shape of the face. And, and so when you, when you make the nose pretty, you probably don't, don't even notice see it. it. Yeah. But when it, when it's like, you know, not right, especially in the transgender population, it like leaps off the page is like something isn't good here. Right. right. How are we going to improve <laughs> this? And that, that's a big deal. And I really think that, you know, we can, we can make a huge difference for these patients by really paying attention to the creating that that harmony and that and it does start with you know you know surgery is a technical specialty it's all about the technique and and god the the amount of blame that is placed on other factors mm. oh well you know your skin is thick oh well this is oh well you make too much scar tissue and, I, and i'm i'm guilty you know, i definitely <laughs> do it and, it, and in some cases, it's, it's true. true. But, okay, with all that set aside, you still have to, like, I have patients whose skin is thick. And I, I just did a primary with a rib graft because the skin was thick. And I said, I have to use something that's going to stand up to this thick skin. It is just, it is, like, not going to cooperate with septal cartilage or ear cartilage. I'm taking a rib, and it is a primary rhinoplasty. And she was like, okay, great. 
Um, but especially in these revisions of transgender patients, yes, you've got to have something to, to build that nose out to make it look great. And it's going to last over time, the fourth dimension of plastic surgery. That is the key, right? Because a lot of times these rhinoplasties can look great right out the door. But how do they age? And that comes down again to what you were saying about the support of the nose. Yeah, you got to have the support. And um, the way that I do rhinoplasty, usually the worst day is the day we take the splint off. So, <laughs> I mean, just the so swelling. So you love it then. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like I, I, I let them know that too. I say, look, you know, your nose is going to swell like crazy. We're doing a lot of things here. It's just... Don't go get the new headshots mm, in the next three weeks. Not for a while. You know, give it two to three months and then we can talk about it. And it does take a full year. And, you know, there, there are aspects that, you know, a lot of times when you're doing revisions too, it's like you're, you're doing so many different things. You're extending the septum. You're putting the, the tip out in space in the right place. You're supporting lateral, you know, laterally. You're, you're trying to narrow the bones. You're doing like so, so many things have to come together. And, you know, so if the nose is a little short or a little long, that can happen um, because you don't know how things are going to contract when they heal. And there's that is why you have to kind of tell people, look, there's a 15 percent chance in your revision rhinoplasty that you may need further surgery. And if they've had a rib graft, as we know, we've published, it is 25 percent. So those numbers say don't sign up (laughs) unless you are willing to go the distance with what's needed to be done. And. Some people are and some people aren't. I, I've had a lot of people say, boy, I just don't have time to do that. And I said, well, then it's, it's a good thing you. we had this yeah. chat. You shouldn't, shouldn't do it then. <laughs> That's why I called it the tuberous breast of rhinoplasty. <laughs> it's, so, it's totally it. <laughs> it's going to be a, a revision and then maybe another revision. <laughs> and possibly a revision of that revision, but it's unlikely. Um, well, and, you know, we are seeing a lot more um, facial feminization patients, so you know, that that's where I think the, the nose discussion has to be. Like, we have to be sort of, do you want to do this all in one shot? And, you know, should we do it where we kind of, you know, stage it? And, and I, I always think that, um, you know, that's why I like our little <laughs> team approach because it does give us, you know, it, nobody's wiped out at the end of a, right. of a big day. And the rhinoplasty is kind of my deal so I don't have to, you know, sit there and, oh, you know, I can't believe I do this nose. Like, I know I'm doing the rhinoplasty and You're it's like, going to be awesome. Yeah, you kind of elbow me out of the way at that point. I'm like, get over. My turn, my turn. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you've done some elbowing also, so don't worry. Um, but the, uh, I think that the, the bony work is real. You know, forehead reduction is like a real procedure. Mm-hmm. You know, very rarely are we doing coronal, you know, approaches to the brow anymore. You know, most of my brow lifts are done endoscopically. So, like, that's that's kind of a big, big incision. And, you know, the nurses always get sort of freaked out when they see that forehead peeled down. And they're like, what happened? What are you doing in here? What is this? And it's like, nothing. We're just, you know, reducing a little, little brow here. You should, Don't worry about do, it. Do, 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 go, go have another cigarette. You'll be fine. Um, but, yeah, that's, that is the, the trick is that you have to have a really good plan. You got to have a really good team. Need some really nice things. <laughs> so I had to do it. It was right there, you know. <laughs> Better be coming with no strings. Um, but you, you do. You need a really big team, and you got to you got to do it right. We have we have a great team, and uh, and I think our success is you know showing in the patients' results. I agree. Uh, so yeah, anything else about the the rhinoplasty about facial feminization procedures? Nope. Split them out. Nope. The great procedures. We love doing them. 
Yeah, that's true. So looking forward to a few more. Uh, there's, we've got, we've or, got them or on the books. <laughs> <laughs> a few more is probably the understatement. All right. Well, anyway, this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210. Thanks for listening to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. If you want to reach Dr. Ravello or myself, we're available for consultations. We can also be reached through the websites. Dr. Ravello, what's your website? My website is rovelloplasticsurgery.com. And the phone number to reach us here in the office is 310-954-1355. And I do want to mention Rock Spa, which is the sponsor, truly the financial backer of this podcast. And Rock Spa is the Medispa that's located both in Newport Beach and Beverly Hills, providing Botox, fillers, lasers, microneedling, esthetician services like hydrofacials. We have incredible people. They do great stuff. And I highly recommend taking a look at the websites, rockspanewportbeach.com or rockspabeverlyhills.com. All the information is also on my website, drcalvert.com.